welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, it's a pleasure to be at a cigar shop. So Mondays has always been a dead night here at the shop. Yeah. And so one of the owners started a men's group to do it, and now we're doing some podcasting on Mondays. And it is just, that why that screen exists, or is that just a happy accident? No, that screen, that screen exists for that purpose. For that, well, it actually exists because they bought it before they built the wall back there. Okay. Just so y'all know, in Mission, we have a screen that we put up that separates off the lounge so that if something's going on in one portion of the lounge, it can be separate from the other um Saturday, we had the firemen in here. All the Spring Hill and Franklin and all that firemen came in for a big shindig. And we screened off, you know, enough of the shop for them. So it's it's kind of a very inexpensive way. It looks like, you know, what the old um, actresses would stand behind to change clothes. Well, yeah, that's what it is. That's, that's kind of what it, what it looks like is that sort of, that same technology, hard at work. <laughs> 300-year-old technology. Yes. As old as the hinge. (laughs) So, while Trey Grimace is in pain... I am miserable. I I can fight through a lot. I I have an incredibly high threshold for pain, but I, I tell you, when it's your back and your neck, you can't... There's no position to get comfortable, and every time you breathe or move, it just hits again. My wife's probably got ibuprofen. You need some ibuprofen? I just took help? some before I left the house. Oh, okay. So, so, well, we don't want to overdose you on that. Which I have done before. It's very weird. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> so, but, so tonight, this is something we that I do all the time that we haven't got to do on the show. We're smoking a mystery cigar. So, all the time, people will bring cigars in here for... To be tried to see if they're shop worthy, see if there's something we're interested in. And inevitably, usually, Mark or one of the owners hands them to me and says, Shane, smoke this and tell me what you think. Because they know um, I'm not sensitive enough to worry about hurting somebody's feelings, and I'll just honestly say what I think about it. Yeah. Well, this is a cigar we're actually trying out for a special cigar that we might make as a shop exclusive around here. I can't tell you who the vendor or who the um, manufacturer, manufacturer is yeah. of this cigar, but we're going to evaluate this cigar. So tell tell the listeners your process. If you in this position, how do you go? Because you already evaluated one and did an excellent job. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Um, it's really all about trying to quantify as much as you can. You know, the the cigars you like aren't necessarily going to be the same cigars I like. Everybody likes that sort of thing. So you got to try and bring it down to its nuts and bolts as much as possible. Construction, draw, um, you know, things that aren't as subjective like flavor and taste. Although, obviously, at a certain point, that has to factor in. Whether it's just trying to figure out if you like it or not, trying to figure out if, if there's space in the humidor for it. So, uh, cold draw. Although this one had a... A, a closed foot. So it, cold draw is kind of hard to evaluate on a cigar like this. Looking at draw, looking at color, uh, obviously flavor notes, retro hell if it's, if it's not such a strong cigar that that's going to really blow you out. But I usually wait until the second, third for that. Um, 
Yeah, some tasting notes and strength. So what I do when I evaluate them is I definitely, one, I think about what, I always start with the cold draw. And this one's surprising, and I think it's because it had that close with the cold draw was really mild, but when you put flame to it, it seemed to come alive. Yeah, that's that's definitely that close foot at play, I think. So this is a Maduro. Um, it's got a great, I'm getting a little cedary, a little hints of cedar yeah. kind of off of this. So I'm getting a little cedary flair. Now, I wonder sometimes... Um, if there's something that's been stored a while, if it's taken on, but cedar shouldn't transfer. No, it should go the other way. Right. As we talk about this later in the show, we're going to talk about wood transferring flavor and all that as we talk about some of our other stuff we got going on tonight. But um, this cedar is what I'm getting a little bit of. I'm getting a little bit of... Um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good smoke on just the first yeah. light. First, first little bit. I'm, I'm rather enjoying this. Yeah, on just the first light seems to be doing very well for me. Now, evaluating these, you have to take good notes. So I'm always going to take notes on flavor and construction. I'm always going to take notes on what the availability the only that the information i don't have on these cigars in particular is price point yeah and price point is such a big factor for me when asking if a cigar is going to come into the shop or not but see i really like the um going into it not knowing what i'm getting into you know, for, for the purposes of, of this, you know the manufacturer. You know some stuff that I don't. I much prefer to go into it fully blind. Well, and I, I like that because that does give you room to kind of work things through. But this is, um, boy, I'm getting a lot of that. And not cedary in a bad way, cedary in a flavorful way. I'm really getting a lot of that leathery, cedary flavor out of this. That's a, that's a good flavor for me. I'm starting, I'm starting to feel that, but... We'll talk about it a little more as we go through. I apologize to the listeners for not being able to review an actual cigar they can smoke, but we'll reference this. If this becomes a regular yeah. release, we'll reference this episode back. For sure. So from KHON2, they're on your side, working for Hawaii. <laughs> We're starting with an article from Hawaii. I think this is the furthest away we've ever started with an article. Probably. New law meant to stop underage smoking faces backlash from cigar enthusiasts. So um, you can read the whole thing, but the, the gist of this is Hawaii has this absurd cigar tax. What's it, like 90%? I think it's um, smoking via the... So a $4 stick in Hawaii cost about 11 or $12. Yeah. So the... The price of cigars in Hawaii is ridiculous, so naturally, cigar smokers have started ordering cigars online and having them shipped in. And now Hawaii wants to put a law into effect that says you can't ship, basically you can't ship tobacco to Hawaii. And they're saying, oh, it's so kids don't get into this. Um, I think that is complete fodderall. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's no way. They can say it's for the kids all they want. And to a certain extent, is it easier to, you know, fake age restrictions for online ordering? Sure. So m- maybe there's a component of that. But this is absolutely 
about capturing tax revenue, although I think it's strange because I was under the impression that you had to pay the state tobacco tax regardless of whether or not you bought it online or in a store. I think if you buy from Cigars International or you yeah. know one of the big guys, you probably do. But say you was to call your local a local cigar shop and say, "Hey, I'd like to buy three boxes of Don Lito Africa. Put them in a jug and send them to me." Uh, that's a fair point. Uh, but those you'll probably, I mean, it'll be illegal, but you can still make that happen. I don't think anybody's not going to send you cigars under that because, okay. I'll do this, but if you don't get them, too bad. Right. How many, you know, and that's the way some of the Cuban places mm-hmm. that sell Cubans do is, hey, we'll, you pay for them, we ship them to you, and if they make it to you, great. If they don't make it to you, them's the breaks. Right. And the, and the, the guys that are buying the Cubans, they're the kind of guys, and generally they're paying so much, they're the kind of guys that if they, if they right. lose one shipment in five, it's probably not a big deal. Yeah. They're, they're probably hitting them on the reseller market every once in a while anyway to make up some of that difference. Yeah, probably do. They pro- It's probably something that they can take care of. So I think that's what this is kind of aimed at. And I guess it all depends on what the reciprocation from other states are. Hey, this box is going to Hawaii. Should we have the tobacco-sniffing dog check this? Well, and that's right. So I don't actually hate this bill. I hate the explanation they're giving for it. Because it's not about the kids. It's not going to help with kids smoking. Because even, you know, you don't see too many kids smoking cigars. I mean, as is indicated in the article, I do, this article does drive me crazy. Um, Even cigar enthusiasts like Jones admit the change may force him to cut back. No one ever said that was a good thing. (laughs) Right. You know, guy's going to be buying less cigars. No one's over here saying, yeah, I should cut back, so this is going to force me to. He's literally pointing out that you're going to cost people a lot of money, forcing them to go to brick and mortars. However, I, you know, if this, is, if this has the potential to put some revenue back in the owners of the brick and mortars in a way, I, I don't hate it. It's, it's the wrong way to go about it, and I don't like it, but there could be an upside here. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of see it, and we're going to talk about that in another article that we're doing. Um, I'm a big fan of my one man war against ambiguity. Right. I kind of like for if you say, if something's a rule, let's make it a rule, let's enforce it, and that's the rule. And if you don't agree with the rule, then go through the process of changing the rule. You don't get to ignore the rule just because you don't agree with it. Because that's how you end up with more rules. That's how all of this stuff snowballs, and you end up with lots of lots of dumb rules where they keep trying to chase these little loopholes that people right. make. Make it a rule, enforce it, follow it. And then if you don't like it, use the system, get the rule changed. That's the way I feel about stuff like that. Right. And on this, and that's kind of exemplified in this next article from Half Wheel. Clearwater, Florida bans smoking in parks. Cigars exempt. So Clearwater, Florida approved an ordinance that bans smoking and vaping in city-owned parks and beaches, except for cigars. I can tell you exactly why they did this. Do you want to go through the article a little more before I do that, or do you want me to tell you what the answer is? Uh, tell me the answer, because I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I don't think we have to dive any deeper. There, this is an anti-youth law. This is an anti-youth loitering law. 
This is to keep kids, teenagers, and people that are smoking and vaping and things like that hanging in the parks. This is to get them to stop doing it. Interesting. So that's an interesting angle. It would have never occurred to me. So you're saying that if kids can't, you know, if 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds and all that can't smoke cigarettes and vape, that this is a good, that if a cop sees a kid with a cigarette, he can walk up and say, hey, that's not allowed here. Right. And move them out of the park. Get it and move them out of the park. Okay. I can, I can kind of see that. Also, I got to think Clearwater, Florida, big cigar area, all of Florida. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of cigar heritage in Florida. Right. I can understand that. I don't like this. I think if you're going to ban smoking, ban smoking. I I do, too. As much as I think you shouldn't be banning smoking outdoors, uh, I think, yeah, I I think make it all or nothing. Don't, you know, because as cigar smokers, we've been on the other end of that. You know, there was a a semi-regional pub chain near the old shop that still allowed smoking indoors, but cigars, you had to be on the patio. Why? What difference does it make? Well, there's a lot of casinos where, yeah. thankfully, we didn't go to one, but there are some where you can smoke cigarettes at the tables, but you can't smoke cigars. In a cruise ship mm-hmm. casino, you can smoke cigarettes at the table, but you can't smoke cigars. Yeah, so I don't... Having been on the receiving end of that... That... Uh, was it? Um, imbalance. I, I kind of understand... I'm, I'm kind of with you on that a little bit, of like, either do it all or nothing. Yeah, I think I think that either your yeses should always be yes and your no should always be no. But that's but that goes back to what we were saying in the other article. How many kids do you see smoking cigars? Right. It's not something that's going to happen on the regular. And that's why I think that's what this is actually. So, it's it's PCA show season. Yeah. And there's all kinds of everybody introducing their new stuff, but there's also I've been studying the PCA map kind of laying out where we're going to go and who we need to talk to and just familiarizing myself mentally with the map so that when I'm at the PCA show, I don't spend 20 minutes looking for the Fuente booth. Right. I can just walk us right to where we need to go and things like that. But I've noticed a bunch of oddball things in the PCA this year. Okay. And I want us to spend the next two shows. I'm going to sprinkle these in over the course of the next two shows of oddball things found that's going to be at the PCA show this year. And the first one I want to talk about is the Speedy Sweep. <laughs> oh, I, I closed that one. Dang it. So the Speedy Sweep is basically a broom, a rotating brush mounted to a dustpan. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know the little sweeper. It's basically that. If you're if you're a fan of Eddie Izzard's comedy, you'll notice you'll know this as a ha da 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 da. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they all that makes sense. So speedy sweep sweeper for floors cleans all floor surfaces. Only four six point six pounds. Only four point six pounds. <laughs> That seems heavy for a broom. <laughs> it seems a li- I don't think I would have put that as part of the advertising, fellas. I think I'd have left the weight off, let somebody ask. Scratch resistant. Okay. How much abuse is your broom taking? Right. Or is it is it scratch resistant on the floor you're using it on? That's how I took that. Oh, see, I thought the housing was the scratch, housing resistant. scratch resistant. <laughs> I thought the housing was, was hardened. Man, we go through brooms in my house. Have you got one that'll stand up to scratches? 
Yeah, the what, what's the old joke? Wife wife gets up and says, "Where's the broom?" Said, so "Take the car." <laughs> so those kind of things. Um, whisper quiet, wet or dry surfaces, one hundred and fifty nine dollars. Now these people are putting a booth up at the PCA. Now, okay. How many times have we heard PCA talk about their standards? The, the integrity of the vendors the, that they allow? Yes, the quality and the... So there's going to be, and where this is located and all, in, in booth 5119, it's surrounded by some high-quality cigar vendors. So can you imagine you're there in your suit and your tie and discussing cigars with the guys and next to you is the speedy sweep guy <laughs> my lucky would be billy mazing right <laughs> Jiffer, step Jiffer. right up yeah. but wait there's more you can get two for 19.99 plus if you order today we'll give you two speedy sweep plus you play the shipping and handling <laughs> and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee so why in the world would this be allowed at the pca show it's a this it also has that as seen on TV sticker. Have you ever the the as seen on TV sticker and the Peugeot logo are about the two things I most associate with. Well, that's crap. Yeah, has anyone has Ron Papillo ever sold you anything that you wanted? Right. <laughs> no, that's just blows my mind. the The other one that I want to hit before we go back to the articles, go back to the news. Cigars up. Cigars with a Z, by the way. Cigars with a Z up. Okay, first and foremost, the name of this company turns me off. First and foremost, the fact that they're called Cigars Up turns me off. And this website was made by somebody's drunk nephew in 1999 and hasn't been updated since. So they've got the... Chicks Love Sticks Cigar Shirt. They've got Peace Love Cigars Tea and the Tap That Ash. They, so they're already mm-hmm. way into Shane's Doghouse. They're already totally away from it, but they're, to me, their crowning achievement is the strap-on cigar rest. <laughs> this thing. So if you're familiar with, like, the big Yeti tumblers and things, now people have made those, like, slide-on handles for them. It's essentially that. It's meant to go around, it looks like a 12-ounce beer bottle, glass right. beer bottle. And it's got the little cigar rest built in. On premise, I don't hate it. Like, I like that somebody had the idea of like, hey, you know, you're at a, you're at a tailgate, you're at a party, you don't have somewhere to set it down. But that's where the idea should have stopped. Yeah, somebody should have said, hey... Um we're to, these are fourteen eighty nine to sixteen dollars and eighty cents. And okay, what's the difference? What's the difference in the cost? Hold on, I'm in the select options because I gotta see what the difference in the cost of this particular thing is gonna be. So, oh, the colors. So if you want it bronze, ivory, or yellow, the colors are different prices based on what color you choose. Oh my goodness! The bronze is fourteen eighty. The ivory is fourteen eighty nine. But the yellow is $16.80. You would think the bronze would be the expensive one. You would think. Need to smoke and drink at the same time? No problem. Just place your index finger over your smoke to hold it in place. Does that need to be in the instructions? I think I could have figured that out. (laughs) This is one of those really stupid ideals that somebody had. But, okay, so here's my question. 
is this a product that somebody thought of and fell in love with and they said, we're going to get a booth at PCA and we're going to sell these son of a guns? Or is this a product that already sells enough that it was no, that it was a short putt to get? I bet, I bet it was the latter. Um, look at all of the, I wish I could remember the name of one, but there was a, there was a cigar clip. You've been golfing with me. You know, the cigar clip I mm-hmm. use on, on the golf course is different than the one most everybody else uses. Right. That big old clamp and actually has like an ashtray and a rest. It doesn't clip on uh, only shortcoming really. Dude, dude bought a bunch of them off like Ally Express or something and cornered the market in Atlanta. And he was just walking around going, look, this is new and different. And people were buying them hand over fist. I guarantee you the same thing happened here. So they also have the Cigar Butler, which is a hands-free cutting and lighting station. Have you, have you seen the video of this? I did not watch the video, no. So you walk up, you stick your cigar in the hole, it cuts it for you. I'm sure that's a quality cut. And then you lean your face toward the thing and the lighter ignites. Is, is it foot activated like a press break in a... I, I would factory? hope I would hope it's not motion sensor. And that would be <laughs> no foot operated hands free cigar cutter yeah. and lighter. So so, you, so it's like a like a scissor jack uh, a scissor lift or or some other piece of industrial equipment. So okay, I'm almost getting on board with cigars up. I'm not going to their booth, nor do I do I have any desire to do that. But the I'm almost getting on board with cigars up just from the standpoint. Of how much useless junk does everybody get their cigar buddies? Right. You know, ever you know what it, is the cost on the butler? Oh, it didn't. It doesn't have it listed. You have to inquire for uh, pricing. <laughs> so, and how nope, big's the be? Fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Does it use like a forty-gallon LP gas tank? Because I would, I would hate to think that I had to it with that much space. Surely you don't have to provide your own lighter. What's going on here? But yeah, it's just a regular modified lighter. It's it's amazing to me the things that but I guess I can see a market for this. I could probably see this one there at the show better than I can the sweeper. Well, the reason I think this works is because you can order it branded. True. So, so if you're if you own a shop, this it, it makes sense. Okay, I can I can understand. It. It's not nothing I would ever want to own. I don't need a strap-on cigar holder. No, but also, this gets rid of all of the tangled mess. People walking off with your cutters or, or tangling up the tethers that you've got to keep them. By the way, I got to pull the show over for a minute. Cigar cigar store owners, fellas, listen. Quit complaining about people stealing your cutters and lighters like it's a personal insult like they broke in in the middle of the night like they came to your shop don't put expensive lighters out right every vendor that comes here just about will throw you a bunch of lighters right they'll bring a sack full of lighters you throw the cheap lighters out there so if you lose one it doesn't hurt nothing and if your customers say wow what a cheap lighter say well we have some fine lighters for sale over here See, that was, 
John Allen, who started Wise Ash, used to say that all the time because he had a bunch of. He had like the big vertigos uh, for that you used to carry around all the time. Mm-hmm. That has the built-in scissors. He had those. He had a bunch, and inevitably they would break. They would run out of fuel, and people, you know, people would complain. They'd sit there clicking them and complain. He goes, "You know, we sell lighters, right?" And that's the response. Every time. Absolutely. Have cheap lighters out there so if they get stole, if they get broke, if they get dropped, whatever. Yeah. And just let it be that. And if they want a nicer lighter, they can purchase a nicer lighter. Nobody is going to say, I went to a cigar shop and they all they had was cheap lighters. I'm never going back. Well, and also, I, I do, don't feel the need to put them on every table in the shop. If you, if you want them to last longer or, you know, not walk away, keep them in a central location. But also, your house lighter gets used a lifetime's worth in about nine months. If you compare it to if a private right. individual owned that same lighter. Right. So, let's say it does walk off in three months. It wasn't going to last that much longer anyway. It, right. it had almost outlived its effective usefulness they're gonna, anyway. They're going to get a lot of miles on them quick. Exactly. Now, I am a fan of the tabletop cutters, provided you can keep people from sticking their fingers in them and cutting the ends of their fingers off. So the one that they have here, I'm not a fan of, because it cuts on an arc, mm-hmm. and I don't like the concave cut on my cigar. But that's not there for people that are real cigar smokers. Fair enough. However, at Reserva back in the day, they had one that was a little bit bigger, a little heavier. What I liked about it is its default position was closed rather than open. So you didn't have near as much of the, the, the finger safe, cutting. safety issue. It, it also gave you a little bit of a spring assist making right. the cut. But it was on an, a pivot in such a way that the blade cut straight. So you didn't have that concave. It was brilliant. Well, I'm cool with that, and I'm also cool with training your employees to ask, hey, would you like me to cut that for you? I'm, I'm perfectly okay. Matter of fact, I feel, you know, I've never gone to Corona Cigar that I sold a cig- that I bought a cigar that one of the guys there didn't say, would you like me to cut that for you, sir? See, I don't like that. You know, that was the case when I was at uh, Casa in New York a couple weeks ago. You know, I... I didn't have a cutter with me because I flew. So it was like I kind of had to say yes, but I would much rather cut it myself. Well, they're not saying I have to cut it for you. They're just offering. No, but they keep all the cutters behind the counter. It's just, it's one of those, if someone's going to cut it in that moment, they have the tools to do it. I might as well just let them do it. But I would much rather just do it myself. Well, I kind of like it. And, of course, I cut a lot of cigars around here because I've got the fancy cutter. And everybody, but I can't hand the fancy cutter to people and them not butcher their cigar. Right, but we're so, not we're not talking about the guy behind the counter using a fancy cutter to cut. Right, it. yeah, the guy behind the counter just a straighter V. Right, and and that and they don't offer a punch, and right. I don't mind. I don't blame them for not offering a punch. So I'm kind of okay with that, but I think cigar owners could all chill out on the lighters and cutters being such a big deal for everybody involved. So, why don't we step away for a break? When we come back for a break, um, I want to talk about debuting new cigars at the show. 
Another great PCA gag, which is the modular smoking room. All right. And the lies being spread by Davidoff. Right. It's, it's not that serious. We'll be back with that more after this. the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who one day may ironically join a cult, Mr. Trey Dedman. That actually sounds like something I would do. I think you would I, I think you would join a cult, but only in an ironic manner, like, oh, so you're all for, oh, really? <laughs> well, so that happened. I don't remember what the word was, but a couple of years ago, I had started using a, I had started using a a word ironically and it was do you remember when the generation younger than me had started abbreviating words yes and like totally became totes and all of that it was one of those I don't remember which one it was and I, I did it to embarrass my daughter and I but I was ironically using it and then my dad said something to me one time and I responded with that word and I went nope I'm done it has now infiltrated my yep. lexicography, and that cannot be allowed. Yep, and I stopped immediately. So I could easily be sucked into a cult, ironically. Well, I was um, playing poker one night on the online poker, and you always had the idiot in the online poker room, and this guy was calling everybody a eunuch, and he was spelling it U-N-I-C. Right. And, and so I, I finally had it after like the sixth time he did it. I finally, said, are you trying to say E U N O C H? Yeah. Are you trying to say eunuch? <laughs> and he didn't call anybody that anymore because he obviously realized he was stupid. Right. <laughs> but it was one of those things where you're like, all right, if you're going to insult somebody, at least go through the effort to know how to spell the word. Right. <laughs> spell well, the word properly. It's one of those things. I will never begrudge somebody for. Pronouncing a word wrong because it means that they learned it from reading. But when you go the opposite way and you've never seen it written down before, right? You've only heard it. Only in your heard phonetic it. In your phone- yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in. You know, David and I had a huge talk in here the other night about the amount of words we had seen growing up written that once we pronounce them. Recently, I learned that the word banal was pronounced that way. My whole life, 35 years, well, however long I've been reading, so 30 years, I thought it was banal. Right? I had the same problem with Lugaroo, the werewolves, Louisiana werewolves. So yeah. That I've always pronounced them Lupagero because that's how they're spelled, but it's actually pronounced Lugaroo. Oh. And all that's a far, exa- far more, right. a far less banal example <laughs> of that happening exactly. is the word Lugaroo. Yeah. But. Anyway, so moving forward, um, Time Out Cigars to debut at PCA. So this is from Half Wheel. And this is less about talking about the cigar and more about talking about how these people profess to sell you a cigar. Um, design, okay, how does this say, how do they say that they were going to do this? They wanted... They set out to create a cigar that provided a consistent and enjoyable smoke while providing a flavor profile that a consumer would reach for every day. 
That is as plain a description. That does nothing. That is, that is the mayonnaise of cigar descriptions. Right. That does nothing to make me want to buy this cigar. Right. There's nothing in that description that makes me want to buy Especially this cigar. because, okay, so you set out for something that was consistent and enjoyable and, you know, every day. So you went for middle of the road. You're telling me you didn't go for something special. Right, you shot straight down the. You shot straight down you, the. You middle. want average. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. The the way they phrased that was just not that. So, real quick before we get into the other part of this, I, I do feel like since I mentioned them, I have to say something about them. There's two blends. There's a timeout Habano that uses an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over a Nicaraguan binder and filler, and then there is a. Um, Maduro Sumatra. Maduro Sumatra. And both blends, uh, production, they're available in the same three Vitolas. I'll give them credit for this. They just went straight. Toro, Gordo, Torpedo, which I'd rather have a Churchill or a Robusto. It's they actually don't. a Robusto, a Toro, and a Torpedo. Oh, oh, 5 by 50 Robusto. Man, I'm having trouble reading tonight for some reason. It sounds like I've not, re-read, not pre-read these articles. <laughs> I think not- I pre-read them just too quickly. Um, they're produced at the Origin Cigars SA, a facility new, a fairly new factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Um, so they're going to be priced right. I mean, they're priced $13, $14, $15. That's, That's what, about where everybody is right now. If you were going to make an average cigar, you would definitely want to make an average price. Mm-hmm. So this, this is kind of just the line for me because I've been getting these emails like crazy. And I'll, every time before the PCA show, I get, hey, come see us at the PCA show. We have, wow, that guy's got a heck of an Uno hand. Look at his Uno hand over his shoulder. Dang. He's about to lay waste to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were, sorry, somebody here at the shop is playing Uno, and we were looking over his shoulder, and I had to stop and comment on his hand of cards. <laughs> I hope the people I've never with seen him. more wilds and draw fours. Yeah, he, so. he's got to beat you. I'm not playing. I'm not inviting that guy to the Tuesday night poker right. game. He's he's got a slide of hand act going on right there. But anyway, <laughs> Any, anyway, yeah. So, so okay, sell me your cigar. Say you're composing an email, and you're going to send it to me that get me to come to your booth and talk to you about your cigar. Fellas, have you ever woken up on the side of the road with no pants on, your shirt's in tatters, and you don't remember the last six days, and you're desperate for a cigar, but only one will do? That's, what, that's the moment we blended this one for. I like that. I like that. Now, I'm a little bolder. Have you ever wanted to fight a bear naked of a switchblade in the middle of the night? Have you ever wanted to jump an open drawbridge or dive into a body of water of a knife in your teeth? Then this is the cigar for you. Come try a venomous duck at Booth 128. (laughs) Have you ever had a day where within the first three hours you know everything's going tits up and you just want to crawl back in bed and start the thing over again? Before you do, step outside, have XYZ cigar at only $3 a stick 
It's perfect for the day where nothing goes right. <laughs> it'll only get better for me. Exactly. <laughs> Smoke this cigar, fellas. It'll only... I, th- I think we should call it tits up. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I think... The, I it'll think never t- be in this humidor, though. <laughs> no, that's true. But I, but I do think that that would be a great part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, cigar guys. Let's get a little bit more um, creative with our marketing campaigns. Make me, make me feel it. Give me a reason to come to your booth. I don't want to just... You know, okay, the inspirational stories are nice, and this is a veteran-owned company that founded uh, based on their love of this or in honor of, you know, Willie Joe that died or something like that. Yeah, that's cool, but I really would like a little adventure in my I was on the Choctaw Reservation in North Dakota on a peyote bender. When I woke up, I was somewhere in Nicaragua in a blending room, and this is what I came up with. (laughs) This is what I had made. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talk about catching We call it lightning in a bottle That'll yeah. be the name of this particular cigar Which speaking of in a bottle I'm going to jump back to another one of these Before I complain about Davidoff I'm going to jump back to another one of these weird um, Booths at PCA this year Cigar in the bottle <laughs> Okay I give these guys credit for just calling it what, what it is. You know, I love a TV show that the opening theme explains everything about the show. I love, it to, I love Gilligan's Island because when the, when the song played for Gilligan's Island, when the scene opened, you knew everything you needed to know about Gilligan's Island. You were already well stocked right. up on Gilligan's Island by the end of that show. The A-Team, same way. Group of mercenaries, if you can find them, you can hire the A-Team. I, I love that. So I do like the name Cigar in the Bottle. So what this is, is this is a bottle of cognac, specially grinded, specially blended, Grand Premier Excess VSOP cognac. By the way, why has cognac always got VSOP on it? What so does VSOP mean? VSOP is actually an acronym, and it means very special, old, very superior old pale. Okay, so I wondered why cognac always seemed to have VSOP in front of it. So it's it was very the youngest to it must be at least four years old to be able to carry that distinction and some other stuff like there's but it's it's like a it's almost it's a rating along with a Varden Custom manufactured Reserva special cigar aged for five years and blended. By Master Blender, Hendrik Kellner. I don't know him. Alvo? You don't know Hinky? Oh, did you say Hinky? Yeah, Hinky. Okay. Hendrik Kellner, that's Hinky. He passed away not long ago. But Hinky Kellner, he was the Master Blender for Alvo and Davidoff right. and all of that's those right. people. And also... I'm, something's up with the audio tonight. I cannot hear like I normally do. It must be the mic swap. Maybe. Maybe something like that. We may have to switch the cords back at the next break. Um, so, what they've done here is they've took a, took a bottle, and they've had this bottle specially produced, and they put a cigar in the middle of the bottle. I'm assuming you remove it from the bottom of the bottle. And I'll, I'll check out their booth. i got to go to their booth and see. How cool would it be? I mean, it's in its own glass tube, it looks like. How cool would it be if it was just, like, floating in there? <laughs> it's kind of like the worm in a bottle of tequila. Well, kind of. <laughs> but if if it were made in such a way... Where you had to break the bottle to get the cigar out after you drank all the cognac. That well, would be kind of neat. In that case, you could put, you know, a quorum in there. Because by the time you drank the bottle of cognac, who's going to know what cigar? Well, you don't have to do it all in one sitting. That's oh. not a requirement. Okay. 
Well, but I'm working on a blend for just such an occasion. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my question. Number one, when I go to their booth, am I going to get a shot of cognac or a cigar? Uh, probably neither. Probably neither. Yeah, they're probably not not going to yeah. give me either of those. But if they're going to give, if they give me a shot of the cognac, I'll definitely take a shot at it. I'll definitely try it because I do like a good cognac. All right. Um. So, I got a couple of questions. So these are going to these retail for about two hundred dollars a bottle slash cigar. Um. That sounds about right for VSOP. Do I have Do I have to have an alcohol and a tobacco license to sell this? Can I sell the cigar and give away the alcohol, or am I selling the alcohol and giving away the cigar? I'm going to guess you probably have to have both. If if not if not both, then just a liquor license. But you definitely wouldn't be able to sell it with just a tobacco license. So I definitely couldn't bring this in here and sell it. Right. This would have to be something that I brought in. And you know, so if you're going to set up this booth at a at the show. I know the PCA would frown upon this, but the PCA is letting Super Sweeper in, so I, right. I, I dare, they can line up to kiss my ass. Um, the, do you not have a couple of them back there and just say, hey, I'll tell you what, give me a $100 bill, I'll give you one of these to carry home with you? Maybe. And then, then it, it's not necessarily even thing you sell. You just set it up there yeah. at, the, at the shop, and then maybe somebody can order it. But I don't even think you can order these and ship them. You can't ship cognac, can you? Yeah. Can you ship cognac? How do you think it gets to the liquor store? Well, I mean, to an individual. <laughs> yeah. You know, could, uh, you, could, you order a, could I order a bottle of cognac shipped to my house? Uh, that is a state-by-state state thing. I don't know if you can in Tennessee or not. I know you can ship wine. I don't know if you can ship liquor. It's an interesting question. This is this this article brings up a lot of questions. I do know it's a state by state thing. Like in Arizona, they even sell liquor like in the gas stations and the grocery store. But my favorite part of this is cigar in the bottle. I like I like the name. The name says it all. <laughs> it really they they deliver. How disappointed would this be if it was cigar in a bottle and it wasn't this? Right. Well, it's like cigar box wine, and it's not even in a box. Yeah. Absolutely. I want it to have your name represent. So speaking of names that are representing, Davidoff Cigar. That was a terrible segue. I'm I'm working on it. So this is from Lifestyle Asia magazine. I I didn't even notice that. I don't know how I got into Lifestyle Asia. Whose side are they on? (laughs) There is no telling. Davidoff shares what may... Apparently Davidoff's side. Yeah, apparently. Davidoff shares what makes its cigars different. So when I was filing through articles and looking, this caught my attention because I'm like, okay, I want to know what Davidoff thinks makes their cigars different. Because at the end of the day, a cigar is just a cigar. No, there are... I mean, there is a certain way that A.J. Fernandez blends their cigars that makes their cigars different. You know, the the fields where you grow your tobacco is what makes the Opus X different. You know, there are a number of things that go into, you know, the the branding and the lifestyle around the, the brand is what makes Drew Estate different. So every, every cigar company, I think, has something that sets them aside. So I did like in this article that they listed five ways that they think Davidoff cigars are different. Only 10% of the seed make it through Davidoff's quality control. I'm calling BS. No. They can't tell nothing from the seed. You absolutely can. No way. There is... So, 
Tobacco seeds are the size of sawdust. They are. Hang on a second. Your sister is plum obsessed with growing things from the earth. Why don't you ask her if she can look at seeds and tell, and, and if she can weed out bad seeds by looking at them? Okay, I'll, I'll answer that. But even if she could weed out bad seeds, as much as she loves gardening and as nuts as she is about it, and she's as nuts about gardening as I am about cigars, right. if, if y'all want to quantify, I still don't think she could weed out 90% of seeds. <laughs> I, th- I think you could. I, so, as you mentioned, you know, just off the top of my head, I can think of two ways that you could filter out seeds that you didn't want to propagate. Number one is going to be size. So, you have two screens, with one with the size of a hole of a seed that, you're, that you know works. So, you've got the model perfect, the Cindy Crawford of tobacco seeds. And so you make put a bunch of holes in a board that's that size. Anything that doesn't fit automatically gets rejected. Then you've got another one where just the hole is just small enough so that that won't fall through. Everything else does. Now you've weeded out all the seeds that are too small. Second, you look at color. Anything that's got a discoloration too pale, too dark, automatically gets rejected. That's easily 10%. But I'm saying the actual seed. Nobody understands. You can't tell me that Davidoff understands the genetic potential of a seed. The size of a piece of sawdust. They've been doing this for over a hundred years. I guarantee you there is some some scientific basis for this one works, this one doesn't. These I mean that's that's how you develop a crop and a seed base and no I it would not I I don't think I don't think visual inspection of seeds is a bridge too far to determine success of a plant. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, but I think this is absolutely... I, I, I don't question this at all. I, I question it heavily, and I, I will continue to question it and see if I need to change my opinion. Every Davidoff cigar passes through 300 hands before it's enjoyed. Nearly every cigar passes through yeah, 300 hands Yeah, I don't think that makes enjoyed. them altogether different. Davidoff has an extensive inventory of 2,600 tons of tobacco, the largest in the world. Okay. Okay. What does, how does that make them better? It doesn't say it's what makes us better. It's what makes us different. And they have the most. That's obviously different. That's, that's definitely a distinction. Each artesian weighs every single cigar leaf before it goes to the roller. I think this is important. I know you're going to call BS on this as being vital to the difference maker, but I, I can see. What did we talk about three years ago when they were proposing various different amendments to the cigar exception with the FDA? So many cigars per pound. And I bet if we talk to Pedro Gonzalez, he would tell you that if you've got too much weight for a cigar of a certain size, it's not going to draw right. I can buy into this better than I can the seed thing. Yeah. I can't really, I can't really toss too many stones at this particular one because I could see a value in weighing the cigar leaves before you put them on because, you know, what's going to have a thicker wrapper? You know, some cigars have a much thicker wrapper right. than others. So, okay, yeah. I'll, it, I'll allow it. If you're making a Toro, you've got a set volume. So, yeah, now you discuss the mess. All cigar rollers at Davidoff have at least 10 years' experience in the industry. Now, that probably is a distinction that's unique to them, but it's a weird one to make. 
we only poach talented people from other companies, is what they just said. See, now I read it a different way. I read it of the, the key words, the key phrase in this sentence is in the industry. Okay, so Juan spent... Look at his hand again. Holy cow. <laughs> He's got like seven draw fours. <laughs> He's destroying these people. <laughs> They're playing with only wilds. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely destroying these people. <laughs> so, um, so, in the industry. Okay, so... So he, st- was a, spent, he was a farmer for, for nine right. and a half years. You, you started out at age 10 pulling rocks out of the field. That got you a couple of years. And then you rotated the leaves in the pylon, and that got you a couple of years. And then you got coffee for the rollers, and that was a few years. So I think the it's not they did not say every Davidoff roller has 10 years' experience rolling. True. But I do think – and, I mean, you grew up – in the construction industry, and you started picking uh, picking rocks out of the soil and right. da, 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 da. cleaning up after the drywallers. Yeah. You had a base level of knowledge before you ever picked up your first piece of actual work that others wouldn't have had. Now, how much of a gap that makes up? Nah, that's debatable, and it's individual, whatever. But to have just been around the industry in some professional capacity for 10 years is still better than nothing. That's true. I, I will say that that does that is better than nothing, but not by... It also I, makes me wonder, it's, it's, this also sounds like, well, we don't know how to train people to roll cigars. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So we're just going to let somebody else train them, and then we'll bring them in once they get trained. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about tonight is my favorite of the PCA's odd booths. All right. And it is pkrooms.com. So these are modular cigar rooms. You can go to pkrooms.com and you can see these, and it's worth the trip, if nothing else, for the video of the guy talking about the different ways he should be, you know, the different conditions which make it hard to enjoy a cigar. So... People on the people who listen regularly have heard my spiel about storm rooms. Do you really think the fake wig was necessary to the enjoyment of the video? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think when they illustrate the wind and the fake wig blows off, okay. I think I think that's more convincing. So yeah, I'll, and the fact that he's bald under it, I think that that okay. makes the deal. Um. So this is a so storm rooms. I've always said the best storm rooms are the modular storm rooms. They bring them in your garage. They set them down. They anchor them to the concrete. They're vented. They have the ability to for cell phone signal to reach out of them. The doors are put together so much better. You know, there's two things that I recommend against all my customers doing, and that's double front doors and homemade storm rooms. And I always recommend against those two factors. We'll get into double doors another day. All right. Um, but but I will I will say I did have a couple where. Um, they decided not to have double doors because she told her husband she wasn't buying two reefs every Christmas. <laughs> hey, that's valid. <laughs> and they sold past the double door. I gave all these great reasons for not having double doors, but it was the two reef deal that closed it for me. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. So these are, they have a four by eight Robusto. Now that's a, that's a very intimate cigar. <laughs> for, for those of you out there that use metric, that's one sheet of plywood. 
That, yeah. That is small. That that's small. That's a, that's a pretty intimate cigar you're having with another human being. Yeah. That's that's cone of silence time. They have an eight by eight Churchill, which is a little more reasonable. For the priest who wants to do confession and not put out his fuente. Oh, absolutely. That that, that four by eight Robusto will be a perfect size exactly. for that. that. I found the target market. <laughs> The 8x8 Churchill, and then the 8x12 Presidente. And the 8x12, you know, I kind of measured a loose measurement of our space that we all set around up here up front, and it's about 8x12. Okay, see, that's bigger than in my mind's eye. Yeah, 8x12, that's a pretty good good size size room. You know, when I build deer stands, I build a 4x8 deer stand because it's one sheet of plywood, like you said, and then I can use one sheet of plywood on the top, one sheet of plywood on the bottom. Right. And that's big enough for two grown men to sit in and hunt deer with no problem. Mm. Um, It'd be kind of tight for two grown men to sit and have a conversation and smoke cigars, and if you had a third guy, you'd just be out of luck. Right. So I definitely would not go any smaller than the 8x8 Churchill. But the 8x12 Presidente, and these are wood-paneled. They're very... um, Rustic, I guess would be the style. I would say that. Very, very rustic looking cigar cigar rooms. They're modular. They've got a vented surface. All you need to do to put them in, you need to have a 110 outlet, and you need to have a, a place for a six-inch vent to go out the wall, which is not, that's not a huge hill to climb. No, especially I imagine most of these will be put in a garage. Yeah, most of these would go in a garage, um, they use. They don't have a air conditioning unit in them, but it, that's a small, very small yeah. thing. That's a that's really. A short I putt. mean, for for most folks, if you're putting it in a garage, then a small space heater or a small fan will probably get you most of the way. Yeah, that'll that'll take care of you in most instances of this. Um, and if you look, you see the picture in the photo gallery of the vented ceiling. I like how the ceiling is vented. So it's not just pulling from a single point. It's pulling across the span of the ceiling of this thing. I'm anxious to go there at the um, show and go in their demo that they've got there. I really want to check out these PK rooms because this, this seems like a great idea to me. The only shortcoming I see of this is how many modular items can you have in your, you know, quick right. ki- quick kids to the storm room. Wait, no, that's the sauna. That's the cigar room. <laughs> Billy, you're in the toolbox. You're not even trying. <laughs> here's the here's the storm room. <laughs> you just put the you just have a cigar on one door. You just a, a rain cloud on another. Well, no, because rain cloud could be the sauna too. That could be the sauna too. So you'd have you'd probably have to have a lightning bolt. Yeah, on lightning bolt on one. Yeah. So you'd have to really dumb this down for the so the kids know where to go in an emergency. The bat symbol on the other one. <laughs> At all, but now and this is where I think our money is to be. Don't made. go in the one that has a ball gag on the door. Trust me. <laughs> That's mommy and daddy's room. You stay out of that one. <laughs> so. He's got three draw fours again. <laughs> so, the, um, this cigar room, we need a combo. I think we could sell more of these if we could get them rated as a storm room. If it was a cigar room slash storm room, can't be that much harder to make it into a storm room than a cigar room. Couldn't you just use a storm room as a cigar room? Well, but then you don't have the neat vent pulling everything out of the top and the wood paneling. Those are pretty, they're pretty okay. um, spartan. This is a little nicer. But I think more husbands would have to, hey, honey, 
I'm buying us a storm room that doubles as a cigar room, and it's going to make the kids safe as long as I ain't in there smoking. Right. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be great. This is absolutely the best thing we'll ever buy. And then the upgraded models could actually have a sauna, so perhaps you could get a little schwitz and then right. a cigar afterwards. I would not want to. Oh, afterwards, okay. I, yeah, I wouldn't want to smoke a cigar while I was in the sauna. It seems nope. like that the humidity would make that a little difficult. If I wanted to do that, I would just smoke outside in Tennessee in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> More often than not, sitting on the porch is like smoking in a sauna. Mm. So tell me what you think about the L3. If you had to rate it. You know, it's a six. And I'll tell you, I like the L8 better. I can't wait for you to smoke it and tell me if you agree. It's a fantastic cigar. Uh, the draw was just a hair tight of perfect. I, it it's good. Don't get, I, I wouldn't complain about it, but it's a hair tighter than what I call perfect. Would have liked a little more smoke production from it. Construction has been great. It's burned even the whole way down. It The flavor was consistent the whole way through. The other one, there were some changes. Um, this one was, was fairly consistent the whole way through. Does this cigar taste like autumn to you? And I know that's a, that's a weird description that aficionado will never have. Tastes like autumn in New England. Does this taste like autumn to you? Does it kind of have that feel? I kind of keep, and it may be because I'm I'm predisposed to what I'm thinking of doing to this cigar. But does this taste like autumn? A little bit. Um, it's cedary. It's floral. It's just a great stick. I really, really like this stick. I, the other one's going to have to really impress me to outweigh this as a stick that I choose. Yeah. Um, but love the flavor, love the feel, love the texture. I think you're going to be absolutely shocked when I tell you who made this cigar. I think it's going to floor you. I don't know. I I think I just figured it out. We'll take we'll take a guess after the show because again yeah. I promised the guy I wouldn't divulge. because I just I just retroed it and it reminds me so much. Can I tell you what it reminded me of? Sure. With it? It reminds me of the Mr. Brownstone. Of an Esteban Carrera. It's not. Yeah. But, it, but uh, yeah, I could see how you could get some of that out of it. Yeah. But it, it is not. It is okay. no way that. But anyway, so tell them how to get hold of us, Trey. You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast, and email info at the cigarcast.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.